Father, we open our hearts to you this morning. Lord, we acknowledge there's no one like you. No one like you, Jesus. And we know that when we come to you, we find peace. When we come to you, we find answers. Lord, seasons change. Kings change. Kingdoms change. But you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we serve a God who is alive. We serve a God who answers prayers. We serve a God who cares for his creation. We serve a God who is with us. And I pray, God, that this morning, as we open your word, word that was breathed out of your word that became flesh, word that is powerful, as we break open your word, I pray that you would transform our lives. We prepare our hearts to hear your word, eternal word. So God, I pray, anoint us, anoint our ears, our hearts, as we hear your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, good to see you this morning. And uh, we've been doing the series on prayer. Prayer is very important because it's one of the hardest things for a Christian to do is to sit down for half an hour to pray. You know, for some, they love prayer. I think we are very pragmatic people. That's important. But we've been talking about prayer is not just sort of sit down and kind of look at a watch. But prayer is so powerful as you communicate with God. We've been talking about how prayer can be a warfare. How God can use the scripture, how we can use the scriptures and enter into a warfare uh, to, to destroy the work of the enemy. Uh, warfare that God has uh, given us the anointing, the authority to step into and to pray and uh, see God move. And so we've talked about that. Chris talked about that. And last week, Jan talked about uh, prayer and fasting. And uh, it's very important for us to learn to fast Fast so that we don't twist God's arm. We fast so that we are, we are in line with the word of God. Amen. If we fast for our sake. We fast and pray that God would change us so we can hear his voice. Today I'm talking about uh, what to do with unanswered prayers. This is a big one. You know, what do you do with unanswered prayers? It's one of those things that we don't know what to do with it. And... Um, so I'm going to talk about that. So you've got to uh, pray for me. You know, I've got about 35 minutes to pack this in, but this is a big topic. Uh, so I want to also encourage you, join a connect group. Because what it does, it gives you time. Because every connect group we go, we look through this, we study through this, we discuss through this, and we talk, we've got more time to talk and uh, chew the fat on. You know, so I want to encourage you that you join a connect group because that will bless you to do Bible study. Amen. All right. So what to do with unanswered prayers? And I was thinking about this. And um, I was thinking of chocolates. You know, rose, roses. Uh, they've been delivered to me by an angel this morning. Uh, uh, and uh, see, roses, there are so many different flavors in this, uh, what do you call it, this chocolate box. And everyone has a flavor that you love. Yeah? How many of you had these chocolates before? So I know who I'm talking to. Good. Most of you had. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Is that right? 
Uh, so everyone has a favorite in here, but then there is one or two that we don't like. True? I think everyone of us, other than Dan Ogle, because he likes everything. We need to pray for him. Yeah. So for me, my least favorite is the mint chocolate. I have no idea. I have no idea why they would put mint in chocolate. I got another mint. You know, we all, I don't know why they put so many mint in there. I, I, chocolate is like, why chocolate and mint? And um, so for me, it's, you know, uh, it's one of our, look at this. Hey, my goodness. Look at that. So, you know, it's chocolates. Uh, come on. Uh, oh, dropped it. Indian slips gone. And so this chocolate, so there's a mint. And I often, I tell you what, in my house, mint always goes first. Cara goes for the mint. But if I'm at home and I'm eating, I would leave the mint alone because I don't like mint chocolate. So sometimes unanswered prayers are like that. We don't know what to do with it. We don't want to touch it. We don't want to eat it. You know, like a chocolate, metaphoric. Unanswered prayers, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to go there. We don't even want to open it. So what we do is we seal it nicely and we put it in a box and put it somewhere behind the top shelf in the pantry so that we don't see, a, see it, we don't talk about it, we don't want to know about it, we don't want to do anything with it. And there are a lot of unanswered prayers in our lives like the mint chocolate. There are people still asking for chocolate. I'm trying to preach. Say, <laughs> hey, can I ask you, invite people to church. Tell them they get chocolates. Okay, I didn't realize there's so many people desperate for chocolate. God, that's good, that's good. So invite people anyway. So we've got unanswered prayers. We don't know what to do with it. Uh, how do we handle these unanswered prayers? Because the problem is, when you start talking about those unanswered prayers, it resurfaces the pain, the disappointment. It resurfaces all the hard feelings that we have as modern day Christians know how to package it well and put it in a box, put it on a pantry, never talk about it. But you see, the Bible calls us to submit everything before God. And so, for us to, in order to flourish, we should be able to bring our good points, our bad points, our joys, our disappointments, everything before God and open our heart and expose it to our healer. Because he'll come and he will uh, uh, bring healing to our, to our um, unanswered prayers. So... Our theme for this year is to flourish. And I believe for us to flourish in God, God wants all of us. He doesn't want just one of those chocolates that you like. 
He doesn't want just your good. He wants the good and the ugly. He wants your heart. And so in order for us to flourish, He wants us to open our hearts so the Holy Spirit, through His Word, can shine His light on it and bring healing to it and bring strength to it in order so that we can flourish and grow and be a blessing that God has designed you to be. And so part of this prayer, my desire is to teach on how do we deal with unanswered prayers. I've got some reasons for unanswered prayers. These are some very basics. I'll quickly go through them. Some reasons for unanswered prayers. You might not like it, but can I just say this is biblical. There are some, We need to learn. It's, God is not all about uh, steroids. God is not on steroids. He's not a happy chappy. God is just. God is faithful. God is a God who will judge. God is a God who is love. Amen. Three amens. Doubt. Some reasons why God doesn't answer prayers is doubt. James 1.6 Go home and study. Go to connect group. I encourage you. The other one, 1 Peter 3.7 Relationship with wife. If your relationship with your wife, your husband is not right, God can't answer prayers. Wrong motives. That's another one. It's all in the scriptures. Take a photo if you want to. James 4.3 Isaiah 58 Not pouring my heart for the oppressed and the disadvantaged. See, we have an opportunity, you know, to go meet the needs in our community. And so we, God's blessed us, God's blessed all of us to get behind something that we can do to influence and make a difference. Amen. Unconfessed sins, Isaiah 59, 1-2. If you have unconfessed sins, they will hinder from God answering prayers. Don't answer the cry of the poor or the needy. Proverbs 21, 13 talks about that. Unforgiveness, Mark eleven twenty five. If I hold a grudge against my brother, and then I come into the presence of God and go, when I seek you, how can God answer prayer? Move on, Peter. This is getting heavy. This is getting heavy. Oh God, I love you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Lord. I want this, I want this. And then your brother or your sister, and we just destroy them with our words. How can God bring healing? How can God command a blessing when there is disunity? So these are just some reasons. There are plenty more as to why God doesn't answer. These are just some, okay? Is that all right so far? We are dealing with uh, that mint chocolate that I don't like. It tastes yucky. It's disgusting. It's a waste of mint in a beautiful chocolate. It's the same thing. It t- it's, it's hard to talk about prayers that haven't been answered. It's hard to go and look through the closet where you, are finding, you find things that you don't want to look at. The closet of your heart. So to to understand what to do with unanswered prayers or to understand how do I deal with unanswered prayers? Because I have unanswered prayers. I am sure most of you have unanswered prayers. I have unanswered prayers. But what do I do with that? But to understand that, we need to understand 
who we are praying to. So if I'm praying to God who is alive, I need to understand his character. See, when you understand God's character, you will be able to understand God's actions. Have you ever wondered why certain people do certain things and you kind of, why does he do that? Why would he do that? Or certain behavior. Um, you think, you know, why, why does he do that? So when you get to know people and you spend time, you go, now I know why he does that. Now I know why he goes for the Black Doris Plum ice cream. You know, now I know what his issue is. You know, because you spend time, you know their heart, you understand why they behave a certain way. So it's the same, a bit trying to explain that to you, but it's the same with God. When you understand God's character, you understand God's actions. That's why a lot of people don't know God and they begin to judge God. If God is good, then why does evil happen? My question is first get to know God. Get to know Him as a person. Get to know His mind. Get to know His heart. And when you do that, then you will look through the Scriptures how God... The Old Testament, the whole of Old Testament, God's been communicating to His people saying, look, if you do this, if you follow me, if you obey me, you will be looked after. Don't commit sin. Don't disobey me. And every time they disobeyed, there were consequences for that. But every time they obeyed, God blessed them. He's teaching what to do and what not to do in the Old Testament. So for me, to understand God's character, it's God is sovereign. We got to know Him. He's sovereign. What does sovereign mean? In my simple language, it's God is in control. God is in control. God is sovereign. That means God is in control. And if we don't understand that, it's very hard for us to understand why God, sometimes we feel why God doesn't answer my prayer. It is our feeling, it is our thinking. Why? Because we sometimes look to God as we look to people. We look to God as we look to humans. And God is not human. He is God. He doesn't need to explain everything to us. What does He seek after us is our obedience. He doesn't need to explain everything. So we base our beliefs on, as, well, as though God is human. And we, if we can't understand God as a human, and then we get disappointed. God, God doesn't answer my prayers. But have you wondered why God doesn't answer our prayers? And trying to understand God, God through our natural carnal mind, it's very difficult. That's why we need to have that spirit-to-spirit communication with God. So I want to look through some scriptures here. Understanding the character of God. Psalm 65.2, it says, You who answer prayers, to you all people will come. Now God answers prayers. That's a blanket statement. Full stop. Exclamation mark. God answers prayers. God is not deaf. God is not asleep. God is a God who answers prayers. Now, Revelations 21, 6 says, And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all, to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs 
of the water of life. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And so sometimes when you don't understand, know the truth that He is the beginning and the end. And so you don't have to be, yes, you will be disappointed. Yes, there is hardship. Yes, there is pain. Yes, there is grief. Yes, there is hurt. Yet in all this, you got to know, and I have to realize that my God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the perfecter of my faith. He is one who started a good work in me. He is faithful to complete it. Colossians 1, 15, 16, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ, I love it, it reveals the character of God. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, I love this part, for through Him... God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. God created everything. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. Amen. That deserves an amen. Your amen is like a high five. Because everything was created through him. For who? For him. Your life, my life is designed to bring him glory. Your life and my life is designed to actually bring him joy. You and I are created for his pleasure. Amen. It is not about your pleasure and my pleasure. Can I just say our God is a good God? The Bible teaches that. He loves to bless His children. He is not a mean, nasty, earthly father some might experience. But He is a very, very good God. He loves to give good gifts to His children. But everything is for His glory. And we live in this temporary life and we have struggled so much like oh god why me it's not you there are so many people that have gone before you who have experienced what you're experiencing but can i tell you that god if you allow him to come into your life in your pain we talked about that in your confusion he gets the glory through your circumstances so it is for his purposes romans 11 36 says Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. We don't understand certain things. And we should be okay with that. Hello? We don't understand God fully and we should be okay with that. How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. For who can... Know the Lord's thoughts. Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from 
him and exists exists by his power and is intended for again what for his glory you exist for his glory your family exists for his glory your work is for his glory your children for his glory your cat for his glory your dog for his everything you have is for his glory For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and exists for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen. Just some character. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. They Look, all these people that wrote these are inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. But they understood the character of God. Amen. They understood who God is. That's why they're able to write these things. Psalm 103.19 The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there He rules over everything. So this is just the nature of God. And you look time and again how beautifully scriptures have talked about God's nature. And God, so knowing that, now we need to understand it's like God's sovereignty calls for our submission. God's sovereignty calls for our submission. Because Isaiah 119 says, if you are, what is that? If you are obedient and you shall eat the good of the land. If you're obedient and willing. Now I can make my children obedient, but it's very hard to make them willing. You see what I'm saying? Say sorry. Sorry. There's no willingness in there. There is no willingness in there. There is obedience because if they don't do it, as a father, I have certain authority that I need to exercise with my children, and I'm speaking so PC, and uh, you all know it's called the fivefold ministry, you know, pastors, teachers, efficient, anyway, fivefold ministry. Uh, but you exercise that authority. Why? Because they, you can make them obedient, but they're not willing. I think a lot of Christians are like that too. We obey God because we have to, but we are not willing to obey the scriptures. They, you know, remember Don, uh, Dan talked about once, he said, you can love God, but are you delighting in God? Are you delighting in Him? That means, are you willing to delight in Him? Are you willing to come under the sovereignty, authority of God? Are you willing to come under the control of God when you, to you in your life, everything looks out of control? If you're obedient and willing, you will eat the good of the land. I want to encourage you. God is not just looking for your obedience. He's looking for your willingness. I can show you scripture after scripture. Cain and Abel. You know, uh, there are so many I can think of right now. But there's obedience. But God always looks for the heart. Saul, giving sacrifice. God looks for the heart. Samuel, anointing Jesse's children, God looks for the heart. There are some, it's your willingness. Are you willing to submit to God when you're under 
the pump, when you are under pressure, when things are not going well, are you willing to come under His authority, that umbrella that I talked about, and say, God, I don't know what's happening. My life is not in control, but I come under the control of the Almighty God. When you do that, Whether God answers your prayers or not, your heart will be for God. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who what? Love God. Love God. For all those that love God. Now that means it might not be the same way as I expected God would answer my prayers. But God in His sovereignty will turn my testing time into a testimony. God in His powerful, gracious way turn my hardship into something worth praising Him for. So we've got to love God. And of course, we got Isaiah, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God's thoughts are not your thoughts and my thoughts. And so we need to understand, He's, he's, a, he's a God who has His ways, and His ways are higher than my ways and your ways. So we need to come to peace to know that my God knows better about me than myself. And He is in control of my life. And it calls us to submit ourselves to God. Now I think of two few people here in the, in, in the Bible. You look at David. David in the Bible, he prayed for his son. Now he fasted and prayed for his son. That God would bring him back to life. Now David had a child with Bersheba, which was naughty because... She wasn't his wife. He lusted after her. And he had a wife, uh, sorry, he had a child with her. Anyway, he was praying for this child, but God takes the child away from David. He kills the child. Now that's David has done something wrong that he had to bear with his consequences. But I love this about David, that he fasted and prayed that God would, in his mercy, might spare his son's life. But when God didn't, David still got up. He got changed. He ate the food and he was ready to go and worship God. Why? He knew the character of God. He knew God is just. It's pin drop silence here. And then you have Job. Job was another character. There is Job. Job did nothing wrong. But God says, oh, let me test him a bit. And so Job tests God. Sorry, God tests Job. I better get my story right. God tests Job. And Job knew the character of God. Amen. We're living in a society. We want everything to be perfect. We want everything the way we want it to be. If we don't have it the way we want it, please 
put your complaints in the complaint box. Hello? We don't like to make a fuss, so we go home and write a nasty email. So we, we, the society is teaching us to complain. And sometimes we come into church and we complain. But do we realize that when we complain, we are actually walking further away from God? So Job, what did he do? He praised God. In spite of losing everything, he praised God. And can I ask us today, are we in that place to where we go, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I choose to praise you. I truly come under your control, under the sovereignty of God. My relationship with God is not based on how he responds to my emails, my my prayers, sorry. Emails would be good too. You know, we talk a lot about responding to emails nowadays. But my relationship with God is not based on how he responds to my prayers. The Bible teaches me to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. So that's what I'm supposed to do. If God doesn't answer that prayer, to God be the glory. If God answers that prayer, to God be the glory. Amen. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are never going to back down. We will never take a hand off the plow. Why? Because I know my God is able. I know my God's ways are higher than my ways. You know, I love this story about Jonah. Jonah, the book of Jonah, is kind of interesting. I don't know if you've been visiting Jonah lately. You know, I've, I've uh, studied Jonah quite a lot, but then it, uh, it's been a while since I actually studied Jonah properly. And so I was good Jonah and I was looking in New Testament. I'm like, Jonah's not in New Testament. Oh my goodness, I've even forgot his address, where he lives. Jonah's in the Old Testament. Hi, Jonah. And he goes, hello, Peter. You've grown so much, it said. Anyway, it's been a while. So, but Jonah, I love the story of Jonah. Now, Jonah was, see, God provided a supernatural blessing for Jonah in Jonah's disobedience. What? If I was God, I would punish Jonah with his absolute disobedience. You know, I'm playing God. It's nice to play a bit of God now. But if I was God, I would leave him in the sea and let him be there till I come back. But God miraculously provided manna. What's a manna? It's a supernatural provision of God. Manna is not necessarily food. Yes, it was for the Israelites, but it's a supernatural provision of God. It is not based upon where you are, what you have done. It's purely because God is sovereign. Sometimes God provides and he will provide in a way you never even imagined. How, how many of you been in a fish, uh, belly of a fish before? How many of you can tell me that story? Hey, how, 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 oh man, I was down in the ocean. I've been, uh, three days, I hung out with a fish. Uh, my transport, free transport. I don't know about all those gold carts and all that stuff. No one can beat Jonah's story. You know, gold cart, you get a free ride to train rides and all that. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so Jonah had a free ride. And so Jonah, God provides Jonah with a whale, and then the same God provides Jonah with a worm. The same God that helped Jonah rescue Jonah, the same God provides a worm that eats the plant and causes distress to Jonah. So I thought we could just talk a little bit about this because Jonah's attitude, to be honest, stunk. Jonah's attitude was just like us, one of us, like our Kiwis, you know, it just stunk. He was full of complaints. And if you look at in Jonah chapter 1, I, I want to read this whole, sorry, Jonah chapter 4. I want to read this whole story and I, wanna, I want you to capture this. So Jonah was asked to go by God to go uh, and preach the gospel to a city of Nineveh. But he chooses to go completely opposite direction to Tarshish. And now Nineveh was, was a city of Assyrians and the Assyrian king. And the Assyrians were absolutely sinning against God. And Jonah hated Nineveh. He didn't want God's mercy to come upon Nineveh. So he said, God, I'm going to walk away from you. I'm going to disobey you. He goes to Tarshish. God commands a storm. A storm comes. The boat, they throw him down. A whale swallows him, spits him out on the beach. Read the story. You will know that. And then very reluctantly, Jonah goes to Nineveh to preach the gospel. And to his surprise, they start giving their hearts to God. He was hoping that they don't give their hearts to God. He was hoping that they would be rebellious to God. He was hoping that they would reject God's word. So reluctantly, Jonah goes to God. I mean, Jonah goes to Nineveh and starts preaching and they give their hearts to God. Now after this, this is Jonah's cry. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, it says, Then this changed This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. You know why he became angry? Because people were giving their hearts to God. So he complained. Hey, what do you do when you don't like something? You? Uh Aha. He complained. To the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. He's grumpy that God is good. Just kill me now. Isn't it funny? Kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will come will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was what? Very grateful. 
very grateful for the plant because he's sitting under shade. But God is also a great God. Verse 7. But God also arranged for a worm. The same God arranged a plant, also arranged a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God again arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, every, even, every, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such great city? So I want to talk a few things and then we're going to worship God and see God soon. But in verse 4, in verse 4 it says, Then Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? And my question to you, is it right for you to be angry because God didn't answer your prayer? Is it right for you to be angry that you don't want to spend time with God anymore as you used to because God didn't answer your prayer? The way you expected God would answer it. Is it right for you to go and sit down and sulk and complain? As the Bible says here, he went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Often when we're grumpy, God was wanting Jonah to get involved, be the light. But what did Jonah do? Just like most of us do, when we don't like something, we step aside from everyone else and we sit down and we sulk. We put a long face. Someone, Lisa, say hi to me. Hi. <laughs> Tom, say, how are you? Thank you, Tom. Show us I needed God's character to be joyful. Yeah. Say, how are you? I'm okay. Why sulk? Why be miserable when we are serving a God who is alive? Who can I just say this? Who cares what prayers are answered? Can I say it hurts? I know that it hurts. But can I also say your God is more in control of your life than you are? Yeah. That's God. I had to make peace. If I die, I die. If my son dies, he dies. I have to make peace with death. I have to make peace with a lot of things that I, my prayers haven't been answered. I had to make peace. But you know what? Every day is a gift and I'm going to redeem it for God's glory. It's a purpose. It's a decision you make. So don't sulk. When God is moving, don't withdraw yourself away from God and sit on a corner and put on that long face where everybody goes, whoa, what's wrong with her? She's woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Don't sulk. So my question to you, is it right for you to be angry at God? 
No. Then Jonah went out. Sometimes we, as I've been saying, we check out as well. We don't want to do anything with God. We don't want to do anything about God. We don't want to talk to godly people. We don't want to read the word of God. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to go to prayer meetings. We want to stay away from God. We give all the excuses under the sun. My, my uh, uh, fingernail broke so I can't go to church today. Hello? Hello? Where the Bible is so clear, Sabbath, Sunday is God's day. Come with believers, brothers, sisters, let's rejoice together. We look for excuses. What happened? Oh, the wind blew this direction, so my cheek hurts. I can't go to church today. Lame excuses. I know none of us do that in this church. I do know that. And sometimes we camp in our frustrations and disappointments. And when you camp in your frustrations and disappointments, you miss out on what God has for you. You miss out on what God has for you. God is not accountable to you. You are accountable to God. But God also arranged a worm. God in His mercy and His grace, He will give you manna. He will provide a respite. He will provide a healing. He will provide a, a rest for your spirit and your soul. But can I just say, when you're hurting, God provides rest. But don't stay in your hurt. When you become comfortable with your pain, God sends a worm. God sends a worm to take because you're identifying pain. Somehow we know how to live with pain. But God is saying, no, 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 no. You're not, your identity is not in pain. Your identity is in me. Even though you go through pain, I am your hope. Even though you go through struggle, I am your hope. And so our identity lies in God. So unanswered prayers. What to do, what to do with unanswered prayers is continue to trust in the sovereign God. He knows what he's doing. I don't understand why it's happening that way. Even I'm disappointed. But what do I do? I bring my disappointment to Jesus and say, God, bring healing. God, bring strength. God, bring correction. God brings the right spirit, right heart, because I know, Lord, I can't run away from you. No matter how far I run, if I go to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, you find me there. If I'm on a boat, fishing, sailing, you find me there. If I'm in the sea, you find me there. Where can I hide from you, God? You know, the Bible says that we are not to run away from God. But Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous man runs it to it to be safe. We are not to run away from God, but run to God. We are not to run away from Him, but run to Him. Press into Him. He will take your old wineskin, bring new wine and the song that sings amazing, but can I tell you, don't hide from God. 
Don't hide from God. Don't run away, but run to Him. He is the only hope. Not your husband, not your wife, not your money. All those are very important, but your ultimate hope is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. So the question I have, do you live in peace with God on an everyday basis? Do you live in peace with God? With all your chocolates. The good ones, the bad ones. The ones you like, the ones you don't like. Or are you taking the ones you don't like, putting, holding on to it and pretending like you? I come to you, God, but don't ask for this. This is too painful. I don't want to let go of it. This is too painful. I cried many nights. Take this, but don't ask for that. This is mine. I identify myself with this pain. So I can live in peace with you on these things, but this thing, I can't live in peace with you, God. Because you never answered it. But God is saying, come on. I want your good. I want your ugly. Give it to me. I am your sovereign God. There is no one like me. I bring healing. I bring restoration. Even when you think I'm not answering your prayers, I know what I am doing in your life. Trust in me. Don't run away from me, but run to me. For in me, you have hope. In me, you have life. In me, you have peace. For the devil will come and try to tell you lies that God doesn't love you. God doesn't care for you. Okay, this is all good, but remember this? Pam, do you remember when what happened? You remember this? Yeah, God never came through in the, on this. You remember that? And you say that you trust God, but what about this, Pam, that he never answered your prayer before? Remember how many years you prayed for this, but he never answered that prayer? The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He will always hold us back, but we are called to give all to Jesus. I surrender all to Him. I what? Freely give. And I love that. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We serve an amazing God. Hallelujah. We should be more joyful people than ever before. How do I deal with my unanswered prayers? Come under the control of the Almighty and say, God, in you I trust. Can we stand to our feet?